we're not just obligated to maximize our shareholders' profits, we're also obligated to do a public benefit to our community. I'm Phil Hatterman, and this is Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today, entrepreneur Liz Whitaker joins us from Lincoln, Nebraska, to talk about politics and how their software is helping shelters and rescue groups around the world. If you're new to this podcast, in each episode we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We save each other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. If you love dogs, you'll love Dog Words. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. The only way we know what topics and guests you like is if you tell us. Then we'll try to deliver more of that. Please download, subscribe, rate, and, most importantly, share Dog Words. Please follow Rosie Fund on social media, especially the free Rosie Fund YouTube channel that offers great videos of Rosie, Peaches, and Shelter Dogs, including some exclusive content. At Rosie Fund, we encourage you to make a difference in a shelter dog's life. You can do just that by purchasing one of our We Save Each Other t-shirts at bonfire.com. Use the link in this episode's description. All proceeds go towards supporting our mission of helping senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have a better life. We are grateful to alternative string duo The Wires for allowing us to share their wonderful music with you on each episode of Dog Words. Like many musicians, they are finding creative ways to reach their audience. Their underground virtual concert series features performances and storytelling from mysterious and historical sites around Kansas City. Purchase a single concert for $15 or buy the series ticket for $60 and receive a digital download of their holiday album. Trust me, that's a tremendous value, and you'll be supporting local musicians. Learn more at the link in this episode's description. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to help give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today, our guest on Dog Words is founder and CEO of Politics. Liz Whitaker. Welcome to the show, Liz. Thank you so much for having me today. I'm excited to be here. We're excited to talk to you about this wonderful program that you have created that would not have been possible a few years ago, but mm-hmm. was just as necessary a right. few years yes. ago. <laughs> and it's it's wonderful that we live in a world where we can take advantage of the technology to make the world a better place. Because um, mm-hmm. so often we look at what technology does to either divide us or addict us instead of how it can help us. And uh, you've lit a candle in the darkness, Liz. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. We are here to do good in the world. (laughs) Thank you for doing that. As one might guess from the title, Pawlytics, Paw, it has something to do with animals. Before you enlighten us on exactly how that is the case, Tell yeah. us about your history with animals. Are you a dog person? Are you a cat person, horse person? What's What got you interested in animals? I'm assuming yeah. that you are. Yes, yes. Very interested in animals ever since I was born, pretty much. I've always been a little bit more of a dog person than anything else, but I do love cats, horses, everything. I have every kind of animal under the sun, but I'm actually incredibly allergic to animals. So growing up, I, I was always reading all the different books and getting every encyclopedia that I could get my hands on because I wasn't allowed to have any in the house. So yes, the obsession started very early on and it was very much, you know, you want what you can't have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, how profound is your allergy? Are there certain breeds of dogs or something that you can have in your household or is it's a no-fly nope. zone completely? 
It's no fly, but I have four dogs in my house anyway. <laughs> so I have inhalers stashed in every like nook and cranny of my house. <laughs> what kind of dogs do you have? I have three pit bulls and I love them dearly. They're amazing. And then I have a little Shih Tzu mix who definitely runs the household as, as he should. <laughs> and so, yeah, they're all mutts all came from uh, various shelters. Each of them actually was adopted in a different state. <laughs> pit bulls being such a broad term, there's mm -hmm. lots of dogs that fit that category. We've mm -hmm. been fortunate with both Rosie and now Peaches. Not a lot of shedding, not a lot of dander, a low allergen that certainly someone yeah. who's allergic to dogs would know that we have a dog in the house, but it's not like yeah. having um, a German Shepherd or something that right. that would definitely probably have you in a coma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are, yeah, are, your, no, are your pities pretty pretty good about that? They're good. I just can't really pet them or cuddle them very much. Uh, so in any videos you've seen me make that I'm like holding up the dogs in the video afterwards, my arms are just red, itchy, scarred up. <laughs> so I just uh, suffer through it. Really. I, I love them to death. And so I, I try to stay away from cuddling them, but you, you can't. It's you worth can't. the They're sacrifice. Yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. yeah. It's easy for me to say because I'm not allergic. <laughs> right. Uh, so good, good on you. <laughs> Paulytics. What is Paulytics? Yeah. So Paulytics, it's what it says it is, PAW and Lytics. So we are a management system and today we help foster-based animal rescues manage their operations in a very streamlined way. So they can have all of their pet records within our database, all the medical records of those pets, where are they coming from, where are they going? Also tracking all the different people information of the humans that the animal rescue might be interacting with. So we act as a database to streamline their operations and make it so they always have accurate information at their fingertips. We often brag on dog words about the animal shelter that we have in Kansas City with KC Pet Project yeah, and the way the community has supported it, passing the bond issue for the, uh, the animal campus that is just incredible and yeah. necessary. Not a lot of communities have that kind of commitment of resources. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of catch as catch can as far as what records they even keep or take. Mm -hmm. And yeah. coordinating that with other shelters. So this is definitely a need. And it's not because the people working at the shelter don't care. It's right. they're doing the best with what they have. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I mean, I like to really because we are in the Midwest, I can make this comparison a little bit easier is that, you know, we look out at these different ranches that are around us that might have a, a cattle operation of say 30,000 cattle. Now we look at our animal shelters and they're managing the same number of animals, but every single one of these animals now has very individualized needs, cares, behaviors, medical treatments they might need. And so it's very intricate and a complex process to manage all of that, all of the different humans interacting with all the different live animals. And these aren't just products on shelves. So, yeah. What was the uh, inciting incident for you that made you realize I need to do something? Yeah. What inspired so politics? Yeah, so Paulytics actually has been a culmination of failure after failure of other companies. And so I had actually started my first company in college, and it was just a, a foster-based animal rescue. And from there, I tried to open up a cat cafe here in Lincoln, and, and that failed as well. And so from there, I started a different company called Family Pet Project, and that was my first tech company. 
where people could rehome pets online safely without having to take them to a shelter or go to a rescue. Um, and obviously we didn't want people using Craigslist either. And from there we pivoted one more time and called 400 shelters and rescues across the nation. And I said, would you guys use family pet project? And they said, uh, not really, but if you're going to work on technology, this is really where we need help. And it came down to their internal processes that they had. And so that's when two years ago in 2018, we decided to shift gears yet again. And, and out, out of it all, we got politics. Pivoting is so important. We've covered that many times with the different entrepreneurs we've had on the show that you can be stubborn and be that hammer looking for a nail. Yes. Or you can listen to the marketplace and realize the skills I have can be applied in a different way mm -hmm. and meet a need. What has been the response now that it's been rolled out? Oh, amazing. So I, you know, one of the things that was so unexpected for us that has been so fun to learn is how many organizations around the world really needed something like this. You know, so when we were building this all along, we're just thinking U.S.-based foster groups, U.S.-based shelters. But what we found is we're getting a number of organizations coming out of Europe, Australia, Canada, Mexico. We've got a number of groups out of Germany and Romania, as well as the UK. And that was incredibly unexpected for us, you know, being such a new company. We didn't realize that our brand had had that reach or that the need or problem was affecting people out of the out of the US as well. So that's been really fun. So yeah, since rolling out, we launched the paid version of the product in June of 2019. And so we've been in the market about, you know, 16 months ish. And it's been amazing. It's been fantastic. And the pandemic has actually helped us in a lot of ways. I was just thinking <laughs> yeah. what a burden the pandemic has been for shelters mm -hmm. in, in all respects. But for the shelters that have politics, they have to be so grateful that they got this before the pandemic. Oh, yes. It, it was right when the pandemic hit in March and April. We immediately saw this huge uptick in new new signups because all the organizations that either didn't have a good process in place or was using something that wasn't going to work as all the teams became distributed. We saw that shift come towards us of, hey, we need to manage our large foster programs now that we're not going to be as active in the shelter. And so, yeah, we were able to help a lot of animal shelters go digital very quickly with their applications, their forms, setting up meet and greets, getting all the information of the pets in, into their, their databases. So, yeah, it was it was wild when the pandemic started. That's for sure. Well, I'm sure it was a nudge that a lot of them needed. I'm old enough that I've seen multiple organizations go digital and Liz can see me making air quotes when I say digital because leadership or the industry or something demanded that you have to be doing some of this stuff on mm -hmm. a computer. Mm -hmm. And so they pay lip service to that, but then they still have their hard copy records and the real information, the yes. updates are there and there's only yep. just enough on digital so that they can say they're doing it. Mm -hmm. But then yeah. a pandemic hits and everyone's working remotely and those filing cabinets that you've been relying on are no longer accessible. Exactly. And uh, this really forced them to go all in on the digital. Did you get resistance from anybody? Like, for instance, perhaps a CEO of a shelter saying, we're going to do this and then circling back and saying, my staff won't use it. 
No, not really. So where where politics, what we what we did very different from the softwares that were already in existence was we wanted to focus on eliminating that barrier to entry for the whole team because this kind of market attracts anyone, right? Anyone can be an animal lover. And mm-hmm. so of course it's not going to be the people that are just the most proficient at using a computer. And so when we set out to build politics, the first thing we took a focus on is making it so incredibly easy to use that anyone can jump in and learn the entire system in less than 20 minutes. And so we don't get a lot of resistance in terms of, hey, I don't want to use this. It's too hard to use or it's not fitting our workflows. Resistance really comes in just like it's change. Mm-hmm. And, and I see change that is hard. everywhere, yeah. certainly in the shelters, that any yeah. change in how you mark that you're walking a dog yeah. It's like, what, we have to use color-coded markers? It's like, oh, this is, this whole place is falling apart. This is not the <laughs> yes. shelter I once knew. Exactly. Or there's a new way exactly. to leash the dogs that we're now implementing. Oh, no, we can't. It's like, it, it, it takes less than a minute to learn. Exactly. Exactly right. It's just change is hard in general. But I think, yes, the pandemic was very good for a lot of organizations. And, and I do see a lot of the processes that are being set up for coronavirus are now going to actually stay after the pandemic. And so, you know, we're fortunate to get to be part of this journey and figuring it out with the organizations and going through all of this together. What is the process when um, either you reach out to a shelter or a shelter contacts you and says, we want to do politics. What mm-hmm. are the steps they go through to get this up and running? Yeah, so we can help them get any of the old data that they have either in their spreadsheets or in another software system. We have been seeing a lot of organizations that had, you know, a developer who was a volunteer who then now, you know, is making some life changes and isn't going to be around to maintain that system anymore. So we can get all of your old data into our system. We get your applications, you know, adoption, foster forms set up and customized fully to the extent that you want them to function and look like. And then you're basically set up up to go at that point. And we offer to do demos with the entire team so that if the team has any questions on how to use things that they would have, you know, one of our, our staff members there readily available to answer questions. But it's quite an easy process. We tried to make it very low barrier to entry because we know these organizations don't have tons of time. And even the volunteer based ones don't have any time at all. And so we just wanted to make something very easy to use that you could get in, get set up in less than a day and be ready to go. That's a very low time investment. And a time mm-hmm. investment is what logistics consultants talk about as being a, a barrier for a lot of people. They're not willing to invest the time now, even right. though this is going to save you hours and days and weeks in the future. Install this now, get everybody yes. coached up, and yep. a process that used to take longer will be quicker. And not just the input, it's accessing the information. You don't have to figure out what folder is this in? Did we update the folders or did we archive those? Are those in the box or are those in the folder that's out on the floor or did those get sent to the central location? Right. Or right. We, yeah. Do we file that under Pitbull mix or mixed breed Pitbull? Right. Exactly. It's chaos. It's chaos. And so, get, you know, bringing able to get off spreadsheets or paperwork, especially and bringing it into a system that is going to now help your team make sure that it's all accurate data because you can't, you know, just freely enter text into our system, not at least not for every single data point. And so it does help organize the data and keep it very clean and accurate so that when you are trying to turn around at the end of the year, study your numbers, analyze the impact you had in your community, you can now do that with accurate numbers and be able to go out and get grants as 
as well to keep your program running and then being able to, to identify areas that there might be gaps in life saving for your own community and be able to take that those numbers to anyone that can provide you with a grant to now solve that problem. Installing this system sounds like it has a lot of return on investment, not only exactly. in saving time, but then giving you access to additional funding. The standardization of the data mm-hmm. seems like it would allow for big data to take place that someone could access with permission, of course, right the data in multiple mm-hmm. shelters and exactly and, and, and do research or coordinate adoptions. Has that been used at all? Yeah, so that's actually the direction that we're going. You know, we first noticed that we see a lot of pet transferring between shelters and rescue organizations. So the large shelters who are open intake and need to take everything into their doors, they're then transporting out animals to different areas across the U.S. where they think these animals are going to have a better chance of adoption. And so we actually had built in this functionality to transfer pet records back and forth. And we started to realize that we could open up this functionality to other organizations that were not just nonprofits. So why can't we allow vet clinics or boarding kennels or grooming facilities to now use the data that we have on these animals as the animals get adopted and now go out into the real world? So as we continue to grow politics technology and we do build out uh, the features necessary for animal control and animal shelters, we're then going to be looking beyond that and and trying to help these animals post-adoption and making sure that they can always receive the best care and individualized treatments that they need. We're trying to create a system where medical records will be attached to the microchip number and then that microchip number can be called on in politics and whoever is the pet professional working with that animal would have access to all records, notes, information, behavioral tips, and everything for that animal. Something that excites me, and we haven't (laughs) talked about on the air yet, Peaches has been dealing with, and anyone who follows Rosie Fund on social media, I think we might have Mm -hmm. shared this. Peaches was diagnosed a few weeks ago with old dog vestibular syndrome. Hmm. Judging by the look on your face, you probably have no idea what that is. That was the same look on my face. Yes. When the vet told us this is what right. Peaches is suffering. A dog can have, just as humans, problem with their inner ear because there's a tumor pressing on it or there's a bacterial uh, infection yes. or any number of things, which right. tends to be a slow onset that there's something, you notice it and then it gets progressively worse. Right. And it turns out with old dogs, it will be just like flipping a switch that all of a sudden... Wow. They lose their balance. There's something wrong with their inner ear. That was the case with peaches. You give them something for nausea. There's other things they prescribe. And uh, they either get better in a few days or a couple months, and then they're fine. They slowly get better, and some slower than others. So over the last couple weeks, it's not a straight line. She's gotten Mm -hmm. mostly better, and then she'll have a bad day. And her bad days are not as bad as the previous worst day. So it's a Mm. steady trend. Right. Upwards. And what our vet told us is with old dogs this is why we call it a syndrome. We don't know what causes it. It just happens. <gasps> you make them feel better. They turn around and you move on. So there's not a lot of research on it mm-hmm. because you can't like get a dog into a research program because you don't know, well, what caused it? It's like they like, get it yeah. by the time you get them to Iowa State or Manhattan or mm-hmm. whatever. Right. They're better. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With something like politics, maybe not now, but in the future, Mm -hmm. it will be at a state where they can input what are all the dogs that 
mm-hmm. have this issue. Exactly. What do we know about them? What drugs have they been given for other things that might exactly. be a common factor? Mm-hmm. What uh, breed DNA might be common yes. to all of them? Exactly right. Use the big data because you're not going to have a telethon for right. old dog vestibular syndrome because it's it's not right. debilitating. There's no side effects. It's just unpleasant and then it's gone. Right. Yeah. It's slightly scary for the humans mm-hmm. and then yes, and then it's gone. Yeah, no, that's exactly right. That's the problems we're trying to solve here at Politics that first and foremost, we are a mission driven company. And so we do want to be part of saving all the animals in shelters. And, and we actually are a benefit corporation, which means that we're not just obligated to maximize our shareholders profits. We're also obligated to do a public benefit to our community. And so we have within our founding documentation that says, we are here to reduce needless euthanasia in, in the U.S. and um, in shelters across the U.S. And, and so it just so happens that animal shelters microchip every single pet going through their facilities. Mm-hmm. And so we thought, yeah, let's help these animals now after adoption and help them have these amazing lives and then create this one source of truth for pet data so we can get insights into what's going on with our animals and be able to create better pharmaceuticals, better nutrition products, supplies, and uh, better insurance plans as well. I'm not sure how many wins need to be in this statement, but it's, it sounds like politics is a win-win, win-win-win. That <laughs> yes, exactly, all the stakeholders... Exactly. When yes. the, the shelters, the, the dogs, yeah. adopters, mm-hmm. medical researchers, exactly. grant writers, mm-hmm. the list goes on that exactly. can benefit from politics. Someone who wants to know more about politics or find out how they can install it at their shelter or as a medical yeah. researcher, any of those people yeah. who want to get a hold of you, Liz, yes. what do they need to know? Yes, go to our website, politics.com, spelled P-A-W-L-Y-T-I-C-S, politics.com. You can also find us on any social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and our handle for everything is also politics. There will be a link to the website in the description for this episode. If anybody has ideas for other ways that politics can be used, let Liz know. Yes. You're excited to hear it. Any parting thoughts for our listeners, Liz? Um, put you on the spot. For our listeners. Yeah, exactly. They don't have to be words of wisdom, like <laughs> right, like right, a, right. like a, magical. A, yeah. they, they just summited the mountain. They found right, the, the right. guru, and it's like, what's the meaning to life, <laughs> my, universe, my and everything? Yoga moment. Yeah, yeah. Let me. Uh, or even just something yeah. about politics. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, we're here to, to entirely change the pet care industry, and we really want to help every animal that's homeless right now and help every animal that is in a home as well. So we're excited to continue our growth. And if there's anyone out there that wants to help contribute, if there's any rescues listening that are interested in giving it a try for their program, don't hesitate to reach out. We're definitely a very, very friendly team. We will not bite. (laughs) I'm excited to follow the story of politics. And I look forward to having you back on the show when you have updates about either new initiatives or success stories with either medical research or dogs finding their forever home or how you're continuing to transform the pet industry. Liz, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Liz Whitaker from Politics for joining us today. Learn more about their software at politics.com, P-A-W-L-Y-T-I-C-S.com. A link is in the description.
Next time on Dog Words, filmmaker Rebecca Stern joins us to talk about the wonderful documentary, Well-Groomed. Thank you to Alternative String Duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan Parks, for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Learn more about The Wires at thewires.info and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Use the link in the episode description to see their underground virtual concert series schedule. Purchase a single concert or buy the series ticket and receive a digital download of their holiday album. Make a difference in a shelter dog's life by purchasing one of our We Save Each Other t-shirts at bonfire.com. The link is in the episode description. All proceeds go towards supporting our mission to help senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have a better life. Rate and share dog words. This helps us with sponsorships. Then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions, including letting us know what topics and guests you like, at rosiefund.org, and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor of the Dog Words Podcast. Thank you for listening, and remember, we save each other.